Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. Longfellow was quoting a proverb known to the ancients when he had Prometheus say, Whom the gods would destroy, they first make mad. And that certainly applies to America and the West today. But not all of us are mad. How can we escape the asylum? The Blancos, the thoughtless, nearly brainless, self-hating whites raised in the last few generations, will surely bring great suffering upon themselves as they commit racial suicide, suffering on a scale that has never been seen before in this country. We see inklings of it in the injuries and deaths of uncounted white men and women, many of them elderly, in the knockout game played by blacks to prove themselves to the other members of their feral packs, a game in which the goal is to knock out or kill a random white person with a single punch, a deadly game which the controlled media ignore almost as much as they ignore black flash mobs and Mexican and Muslim gangs that prey on white women. I assure you, the decline is just beginning. It's a long way from Peoria to Mogadishu in terms of culture, but not as long as you think in terms of time. The problem is that our fate is tied to that of the Blancos. When they suffer and die, we and our loved ones will too. We're glued to the morons. We need to unglue ourselves. Madness is thinking that we can make Africans and Mestizos and Middle Easterners equal to us by importing them by the millions and giving them a large part of our wealth and our nation. Madness is thinking that the decline we're experiencing in morals, in education, and in economics isn't related to the racial change taking place. Madness is thinking that adding 30 million third-world invaders to anything could possibly improve that thing. Madness is thinking that for the hundredth time, if we only elect conservatives or Republicans, we can solve our racial problems and reverse our decline when it was the leader and icon of conservatives and Republicans, Ronald Reagan, for God's sake, who signed the first illegal alien amnesty bill and authorized the holiday for the communist degenerate king. When it was this party, supposedly based on cutting the federal monster down to size, that has not only not cut it down at all, but instead presided over the greatest increase in the Washington regime's size and power ever seen in our history. People who can't wake up to that are people who simply can't wake up. We need to leave them behind. We need to stop associating with them, lest their madness infect us and our families. Madness is thinking that there's any hope in electoral politics at all, when not only are the two parties offered us utterly worthless, but whites are hopelessly ideologically divided and now represent only 60% of the electorate at best, 
When the major cities, with their control over electoral votes, are already dominated by non-whites, when over half of all births are now of non-whites. Madness is willingly sending your children to join the regime's military and virtually worshipping that military. The military of a regime that is dedicated to killing you, to exterminating you and your kind. The military, which never fights to defend America's borders and interests, but fights without end, amen, to defend Israel's interests and the borders of the puppet states the regime has set up in the Middle East. The military, which soon, I predict, will be fighting once again against white people or any people who dare to have a government not supervised by Jews. Madness is thinking that these insane wars can be stopped by supporting the Democratic Party, when that party is in bed with Israel just as much as the Republicans, when that party shamelessly campaigned on an anti-war platform and then, once in power, escalated the wars just as the oligarchs wanted them to, when that party openly engages in spying and surveillance and CIA drone murders and kill lists, for God's sake, kill lists, just as much or more than the Republicans did. Madness is thinking that a return to Christianity can save us, when no two sects, and there are hundreds of sects, can agree on just what Christianity stands for, especially when it comes to race, when the religion itself was founded by Jews, evolved from Jewish culture and thought, and consists in part of a virtual worship of Jews as God's chosen people. Madness is racially conscious white people arguing over obscure Hebrew verses written 2,000 years ago and believing that what these desert bandits and goat herders wrote somehow proves that we come from some Semitic seed line or other. When science has known for a century that our ancestors were already in Europe 50,000 years ago and more. Madness, madness, madness. Utter madness. We need to separate ourselves from the madmen. How can we do that? There are probably many tens of thousands of racially aware white people in North America who are fully cognizant of our plight and who are immune to insane belief systems. There are probably ten times as many who know our race is in danger, but little else, and who are still quite capable of rational thought and action, are immune to religious delusion, and who could and would join our ranks if, one, they were educated and influenced by us to a sufficient degree, and two, if we were perceived as having some chance of success. If we are to survive, we must first reach this elite group and form an organic community with the best among them. Our first task will be to set out our principles, beliefs, and plan of action and make it known to every potential member of our community and do this so effectively that as many people as possible within our race's real elite will see the truth in our warnings of danger 
our principles, our knowledge, and our plan, and will be willing to throw in their lot with us and add their strength to ours. We must be selective in building this community. We cannot make the mistake again of welcoming those who bring weaknesses instead of strength. We must make this community self-sustaining. And by that, I mean not only self-sustaining in the economic sense, though it must surely be that, but self-sustaining over time as well. Our members must raise their children in our beliefs, teach them who they really are, teach them their place in the cosmos, and teach them the meaning and purpose of their lives, so that a sufficient number of them will remain with our community as the generations pass. For our race is like the waves of the ocean rushing onward forever, and we are the individual water droplets that make up that wave. We rise and then fall again into dormancy in our brief moments of life but the waves rush on without end. As the droplets descend to the depths of the earth or evaporate into the air, new droplets constantly rise and add themselves to the wave, and the motion of the sea never ends. So are the generations of men. If we fail to raise up our children rightly, for even a single generation, we are done for. We are perilously close to that point in this current generation, and our aim must be to correct that grievous error. Only when this community is of sufficient strength should we begin to attempt to influence and lead the white masses. Attempting to do so at this time would not only fail, but it would sap energy from our current necessary tasks. No known organic community that spans the generations has ever existed which did not have some form of spirituality as its basis. Man is a transitional creature between the lower animals and higher man. We have achieved reason, so for us instincts are not enough. We question everything we see and even everything we feel. We analyze. Yet our limited reason, even the reason of our best men, is also not enough. To overcome fear, to inspire great works, to unify otherwise selfish and individualistic people, to overcome seemingly insurmountable obstacles and the pain and tragedies of life, men must have faith that their efforts are part of something far larger than themselves. Our race has reached a threshold, both terrifying and magnificent. It is a threshold that, understood rightly, can harmonize faith and reason and remake the world. This threshold is terrifying in that all our old beliefs and old religions, despite the faith, and best efforts of their adherents lie smashed upon the ground in a million pieces. No one respects the faith that evolved into sublime philosophy, the classical belief system that began with Eos and Apollo and Aphrodite and the souls who created them more than I do. But everyone knows 
that those deities are not real and will not save us. It was the otherwise destructive myth of Christ which inspired the men who fought at Tours and Vienna against the Semitic hordes. And it is impossible not to stand in awe of Gothic cathedrals and choirs of angelic white children singing Latinate hymns to God. But despite the fact that we remade Christianity in our image, and a beautiful image it often was, at its core was a seed of hate and destruction, a Jewish seed, in both the murderous Old Testament and the self-denying New. And even if it did not have those terrible flaws, the simple fact is that the best minds of our race, the ones we must bring into our community, can no longer take it seriously. The threshold we are crossing is magnificent in that our reason and our science have opened the vistas of reality to us, just enough to allow us to glimpse a part of our real purpose and destiny. Dr. William Luther Pierce took the threads of thought, of Bruno, of Shaw, of Nietzsche, of Crick and Watson, and of Darwin, and showed us that our race is part of an ever-evolving whole, and that the whole is evolving toward higher and higher levels of consciousness. He showed us that our race is in the vanguard of this evolving consciousness, that increasing our understanding and our power to defend ourselves and evolve further upward is, so far as any man can see at this time, the true purpose of our lives. He taught us that nothing is more important than this, and that the fate of the universe literally depends on what we do today. This new faith, cosmotheism, is a faith that can inspire and unite the best men and women beneath its banner. It is, I believe, the faith that will lead us to the stars. We in the National Alliance may have had many setbacks, from the strong-arm tactics of the regime to our own stupid mistakes in allowing ourselves to be infected with a big-tent philosophy, which allowed those without understanding to drag us downward. There are only a few hundreds of the truly faithful and truly aware among us today, and not all of us who ought to be united are united yet. But be of good cheer. Cosmotheism is not only a faith, a way of approaching God, but it is also a test. If the Blancos and the Morons were vampires, then Cosmotheism would be a shining golden crucifix. The very people we do not want in our new community will misunderstand, fear, and flee cosmotheism. They will stay away from us entirely, and that is a good thing. Cosmotheism will unify and inspire the best, and excise the worst. We have faith, and we have good reason, to believe we are on the right path. We are just beginning, but that does not discourage us. We have suffered setbacks, but that has only made us stronger, wiser, and more determined.
If you would like to help us build this organic community of the aware and of the worthy, if you would like to have a part in this, the greatest and most important effort of our time, write to me today. Yeah.